also use, we also use social media uh, by training farmers and like of recent we are also adopting an agro-tourism exchange program whereby we take farmers in different parts of the country to go and learn more on farm trainings to go and learn more about agro-business and uh, we're also trying to scale up to other parts of our neighboring countries like Kenya where they are doing some good modern agriculture we are looking at from the innovation village this is episode 39 of my village podcast produced through the next wave program under the young africa works strategy in partnership with the mastercard foundation and i'm your host pauline achanawin uganda is one of the leading producers of coffee bananas and oil seed crops like simsim and sunflower Sugarcane, tea, dairy and fish farming also rank on high things that bring revenue into the country. Needless to say, the agricultural sector continues to be an important sector economically and it is only wise for young people to embrace agriculture. Wilson Ajuna is one of the young and powerful voices when it comes to agriculture in Uganda. After university, he set up an agrobusiness with friends that mainly focuses on extension work across the country. Today on my village podcast, Wilson and I get into a detailed discussion on the kind of work he does and his 150-year bold vision for his company, Alpha AgroStat Consulting Services Limited. Wilson, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. I have heard great things about the work you are doing for farmers, and I'm sure your work and journey will be a source of inspiration to our listeners. Uh, without much ado, please briefly introduce yourself. Uh, Juna Wilson is a Pan-African youth, uh, a leader, a mentor, uh, a team leader at Alpha Agrostat Consultant Services Limited, who is very passionate about Africa, very passionate about change, is very passionate about agro-business and uh, agro-entrepreneurship, and yes. I, look for, I look forward to impacting communities okay. in every capacity. So let's dig a little deeper into AgroStat Consulting Services Limited. What do you exactly do? Oh yes, Alpha AgroStat Consulting Services Limited, it is a young company which was established mainly by giving quality and affordable agriculture extension and advisory services to farmers, uh, not limited to crop production, animal production, to putting emphasis on the new innovations and technologies in the agribusiness industry, but, but also uh, making sure that the agriculture is done as a business, not just as a hobby. Uh, we do on-farm trainings, whereby we just train farmers directly from the farm. We also do farmers' workshops, Whereby, whereby we organize workshop trainings for farmers, whereby we scale up, we roll up some of the innovations and new technolo- technology in agribusiness. We do radio talk shows, whereby we teach farmers direct from radio stations. And also we, we also use social media uh, by training farmers. And like of recent, we are also adopting an agro-tourism exchange program, whereby we take farmers in different parts of the country to go and learn more on farm trainings, to go and learn more about agribusiness. And uh, we're also trying to scale up to other parts of our neighboring countries like Kenya, where they are doing some good modern agriculture. We are looking at scaling up this agro-tourism exchange program to take our farmers in Kenya, whereby they will be learning some of the modern agriculture technologies which can help them to improve their livelihood. 
That's impressive. I would like you to talk about some of the things you teach farmers. You know, as much as we continue registering growth commercially, most Ugandans still heavily do subsistence, where the primary beneficiaries are family. Those who are interested in scaling up at times lack the resources, land, and knowledge too. Oh yes, one of the first things we put emphasis is the agro-business, agro-business skills. Things to do with record keeping, things to do with business management, things to do with marketing of, of products, things to do with the uh, production, and we put emphasis on teaching people or farmers on how best to use the available technology. For example, in animal production, we have been teaching we have been teaching farmers on how to do uh, advanced food conservation techniques, things to do like making haylage, making silage, things to do with making um, making manure, things to do with the uh, things to do with um, uh, things to do with the making organic fertilizers, liquid fertilizers, uh, things to do things to do with marketing. So we hope that we hope farmers to really identify themselves and work closely on their own experience by also using the available materials for at the farm level. Amazing. Your approach is holistic. It's all round. You cover all the crucial areas. Not only are you improving their farming skills where necessary, but you go ahead and share knowledge on important production factors like markets. Absolutely. It's a holistic kind of training from across the value chain, across the agriculture value chain, right away from production up to marketing. Wilson, you are very passionate about your work. I am curious, have you always been interested in agriculture or you just studied a course at university and naturally decided to apply your skills? Oh, yes. Like I keep saying this one every time without numbers, that for me, agriculture is just a passion. It's a hobby. Okay. And actually, for me, moving to, into the field, I love most to, to give out knowledge, uh, me as an individual. Mm. So it, it became a little bit easier for me uh, to really start giving out knowledge. Because if I tell you, uh, like the way I started, I started like an individual consultant, just a private consultant, because I was just passionate about giving knowledge, which I had learned some days ago. So I started right away from using my own knowledge, but with time, I, I went on ex- acquiring more experience as he moved closely with farmers and also trainings and moving across parts of the country, different parts of the country, it has given me an avenue of having a holistic approach of knowledge and a holistic package of knowledge, which I do extend to farmers, and the farmers do appreciate my, uh, my, my knowledge, really. Let's talk startup money. Capital is a thorny issue for most young people. How did you start? Had you saved some little money? All right, uh, right away from campus, I had some few savings which I had saved uh, as a student, you know, who's, who is very interested in starting something. Yes. But also, but also one of the things I put to be very, very important in my journey was the, the, the fact that I had acquired a lot of knowledge and experience from the field when I was still a student. Mm-hmm. Because I used to do a lot of farm outreaches at an individual level where I acquired a lot of experience. And this experience, it gave me the social capital. It gave me a network whereby I was I came in contact with the Innovation Village. Yes. And uh, yes, and the Innovation Village also there is a way how I got connected to some other people who have really, really helped me to start up this organization. But what to, to be very clear, I, I didn't have a lot of money. What I had was knowledge, experience, and networks are uh, the things that have helped me to start my journey. I am happy you raised the issue of social capital, networks, or connections. 
it's very crucial, but something people don't talk about enough in their business journey. Let's talk about the makeup of your team. A team makes or breaks a business. Who do you have in your corner? All right. We have a team of nine members and we have four agricultural professionals. Those are the people, the individuals which I, I moved right away with them from campus. Yes. After having after having the vision of Alpha Agrostat, I called some of the three, four other friends of mine. I shared with them the vision. They bought the vision, and they joined me right away. But along along the way, when we started our training, we, I realized that some of the, the the students from campus, some most of them, they have that theoretical knowledge, but they don't have the practical experience. Yes. So this one forced me to recruit more other five practical, passionate young farmers who have been on farm who have acquired practical experience within the farm level. And these people are also joined our team, uh, which makes us a total of nine people, who, uh, who is, which is a combination of agricultural professionals and practical-oriented field personnel who have really who, whom we call our experts in that regard. Yes, so if, or for example, when we have a trend maybe in animal production, I call those people who have been in product, somebody who has been in production for at least 10 years, who has acquired some good experience. And those are the people who give what we call the hands-on experience to farmers and giving them a feel of how exactly the farm is run and exactly the, practic- the practicability of the knowledge which we are giving in. It has a very strong impact as compared to the students who give only theoretical knowledge. But also, I saw it very. I saw it. It is very important for the professionals to give in the the why, the why, but also the practical people to give in the hands-on or the field experience. Ah, uh, that really the farmer need. Yes. True. That's very important to identify practical approaches that can be easily used in one's local setting. So, how did you get into field extension work? Oh yes, uh, just because we started, uh, like I told you from my from my story, we started from Kampala right away as we had just, just we had just completed our university from Chabogo University. Uh, we had our first office; it was in Nakawa, Walshing Road. Then from Nakawa, we later on changed to Wandegea, South Wing, uh, 106 floor, uh, and from there we started scaling up. Uh, for me to discover these other districts, I traveled a little bit in Porto Tourism City. Uh, where I had a talk show on Jubilee Radio, the job, the family, and that program was called Save the Farmers Program, whereby when I told the farmers and uh, as an entrepreneur, some of the knowledge I had acquired from the Innovation Village, I realized that that is a window of opportunity whereby farmers were so much interested in, in my knowledge which I was giving in on the radio station. Uh, and from there, as an entrepreneur, I realized there is a, a big knowledge gap where farmers need to know some of our skills, some of our new innovations and technologies. That if we can scale up, we see if we can scale up to them, it could make us some money, but also they could benefit in making them to improve the world farming. So from from there, I started right away with Porto Tourism City, whereby we had our first training. And I remember our first training was very successful. We had around 250 members. It was our first. Now from there, because we had used the radio station, there are so many farmers which had come from different neighboring districts. That is to say, from uh, they had come from uh, from Chenjojo, from Nyangabu, from Kasese, from Bundubujo, then from uh, from from this side of Chikube, from Masindi, and they realized that these farmers had come from a very big distance. Some of them demanded that at least if you can extend these trainings to our district, it will be better for us. And from there, I selected what we call the coordinators, district coordinators. 
and these are the people who started helping us because we talk now we have so far covered abunyangabu uh, district we have covered karole district we have covered for Porto tourism city we have covered the kasese district in Wera. this specific uh, we have covered some part of uh, some part some part of Mutoroko. but also we have we have covered a little bit of kienjojo but we are still penetrating into kienjojo and the part which we have the part which we have not covered completely is some part of Umbarara and some part of Mitoma and Ivanda, then move this side of um, uh, yes of Ivanda and Imbarabushenyi. But we look forward to we look forward to scale up because we have all the good contacts of those people who are coming from those districts. Have you been able to feel the impact of what you are doing and be affirmed that yeah, you are on the right track? You know, at times we work and it feels like it's in vain. One of my vision and my mission was to find a way of how we can get some good ex- technology and knowledge from the central region, from the, uh, I can say, some from some of the developed regions to these up-country, up-country districts. And if, for example, there is some innovation which I brought in for the conservation of making silage, making haylage, making hay. Those things in animal production, they had never existed in this side, in, in this part of Western Uganda, of Port and so on. And yet, these are the people who are really into animal production and would do well with this knowledge. Absolutely. Most of the people were just doing animal, were doing uh, farming as a hobby. But when we scaled up these innovations, I have had a lot of feedback from farmers. They are saying, wow, we have learned something. And people are seeing a very drastic improvement in production. And that, is, that means we have so far impacted. And I was talking to one of the farmers just some few days ago. Uh, whom we had hoped to grow close guy and around five acres. Some people were wondering, they were like, as if we are mad, how can you grow five acres of close guy instead of growing maize? <laughs> but we are, yes, we are cutting to, we are cutting for them what we call the cost of production and showing them that if you can grow five acres of close guy and you give them to your animals, they produce high quality milk, mm-hmm. you increase the milk production, you could get a lot of income as a person compared who has planted maize and at the end of the day you say that two shillings a kilo so you the person who has increased the milk production because the demand of milk inside is very high is far better compared mm-hmm. to a person who has grown maize who has grown the beans uh, to be specific yeah so uh, our trainings and our innovation and for us we touch may I call it the pain we touch the pain of these farmers because they are doing the rudimentary way they were doing things uh, of the local level they were not adv- uh, applying the new technologies but these technologies, according to some few experience I've so far observed, is these technologies have yielded a very, very big impact. Because that's from my talk show. I was on a talk show last, last Saturday yes. trying to address farmers on Save the Farmers program. And I was hearing some calls. Farmers were calling me, appreciating uh, the work they have done. Like, for example, we taught some women, some farmers groups uh, how to make, to grow mushrooms. Some part of, uh, some part of this, the other side in, in Kijura. Yes. The farmers were calling these women. We organized them in a group. We told to them how to to make liquid so, to, to 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 make mushrooms. And they now they are producing a lot of mushrooms. They are now supplying hotels, and that was a very wow. very big impact. And for me, I felt like as if I'm getting there. But uh, as if that is not enough, we are trying to reach up more farmers groups to reach up more these women groups so that we can give them some of those skills. Mm-hmm. We have another. We have another technology which has really impacted, we call it the Nyinekata Nyata concept. The Nyinekata Nyata concept in the Rutoro language, it means that these women can be able to grow their own vegetables, they can be able to grow their own fruits, which can supplement their home 
their home nutrition but at the same time they sell and get some money that project it has wielded a lot of impacts we train them on on a farm on a home to home level we call it home to home training mm. and we train them on how to make those home gardens in this local language they call them the nyekatanyata gardens we are going for a short break after the break Wilson talks about his business reach, vision for his company, and thoughts on agriculture extension policies in Uganda. Secondly, there is a very big challenge what we call the NGO syndrome. The, uh, the NGO syndrome, Sanakunem, I, 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 I'm the one who formulated it. Well, that these NGOs, the farmers were used to being given free things from NGOs. Welcome to my village. A world where all the support you need to build your business is just a click away. Our platform connects entrepreneurs, investors, businesses and talent. To join, sign up via www.myvillage.africa and be part of Africa's next biggest thing. Welcome back. You're listening to my village podcast and I am with Wilson Ajuna of Alpha Agro Consulting Services. Wilson, before the break we were talking about the impact of your work. What would you say is your community reach so far? Uh so far I can say there are two things. I will say directly and directly we are, we have so far reached to 700 farmers directly. Then uh, when I compare the radio stations and the talk shows we have been having around this region, I can say we are now 1,000 plus farmers we have so far reached directly and indirectly. 1,000 farmers. On a number of occasions as we talked, you referred to the Innovation Village. How did the Business Foundation course you signed up for impact your work? It has had a very big impact. Number one, uh, for me, in my in my education level, I'd never had any business experience in my life or any business class in my life. Yes. But uh, that the, the business foundation of the innovation of it was first of its kind, and the, some of the things I learned, maybe to mention a few. One of them was an entrepreneur. One of them is identifying opportunities of which I have really, really used. The, the other one was uh, making uh, strategic partnerships. Yes. And of which I have been so so selective in selecting partners, and at the same time, the other part of an entrepreneur who is an entrepreneur that an entrepreneur is a person who finds new opportunities and utilizes them to get his income, but as well benefiting others. Yes. So this foundation it has it actually it gave me a feel of business because the other time I was doing this as a hobby, but it gave me some kind of you know a business perspective. Yes. And from there, uh, I, I, like these days, I call myself a, a business entrepreneur. I, I, I started changing my mind uh, right away. Thinking from, like a business person. Absolutely. Like if you can see uh, some of the strategic plans, some strategic you know planning we have had since I had the training, they have been so amazing because it gave me a feel of how a business looks like. And besides that, that network. That network of individuals we had at the innovation of those people we trained with we remained as a community even up to now. Mm. So, uh, so those people themselves they have helped me a lot to make sure I grow. When I want to fall, sometimes I call some of my colleagues, guys. Here is I'm not doing well. So they have it has had a hundred percent a very positive impact on on my growth as a business, but also as a, at an individual level. That's really great. I'm sure the business training team will be happy to know that their work is not in vain. They are helping in shifting the minds of young people. 
How has COVID impacted your work, considering it involves a lot of physical engagement with people? And the number one challenge was COVID. Mm. Was COVID COVID nineteen? The fact that we are in the the line, we were in the service based line business. Yes. And the, the services, you know very well, there was no gathering. There was no gathering beyond ten people, so it has it has affected us badly. Because mm-hmm. at least for the last two and a half months, we are not having any training completely. I see. I we were having just what we call a home to home kind of training, but also it did not yield much because if you just visit an individual farmer, gives like fifty thousand, gives twenty thousand, so it has impacted on that level. Yes. But also, secondly, uh, being it a lane-based business, uh, we have also had another challenge of whereby some farmers, uh, they are much interested in products. Uh-huh. Uh, like, for example, a farmer wants to come and maybe buy, let's say, buy, let's say, uh, a fertilizer, then from a fertilizer, he takes you to the field to go and explain to him. Yes. So one of the challenges also we are facing is uh, we have been struggling to change from a service-based lane business. We combine it, a, a service-based and the product base. We have some product to sell, some agro inputs, but at the same time we give uh, we give out some of our products. Yes. And so for us, so one when we come with our with our with our business concept of making them pay, some of them they see it like as if uh, they don't have money, like as if they want to attend it for free because they were using something back for being given for free from the NGOs. Another challenge which has been so hurting is that. Most of the farmers I've interacted with in the field and also on the radio station, they show interest. They are so much interested in our services. Yes. But being the fact that the fact that we have we have not got any external funding or an external donor to give us some few funding to reduce on the cost. So farmers they really want to attend our trainings, but some of them are being limited by, by the finances. Yes. You like there are some people who come really as young men. I feel like I sympathize with them. Sometimes they tell them, okay. You can just pay a half. Oh, some old people, they just come almost crying. They say, okay, you can attend for free. Then some of them, they come with their family members, like children, like relatives, they come like 10 of them. So when they reach when they reach the trading center, they tell, they tell you, now you say we have very many. Mm-hmm. Can't you reduce for us? Can't you at least just pay a half and we, you know, a half half because we are a big number. So you see like farmers are yearning for our services, but the resources or finances more especially this in our country some farmers them. really uh, the finances limits them so my my appeal was if i'm still working some on the strategic partnership if we can get some external funding whereby at least we can reduce our 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 cost to the minimum level so that even a local farmer can afford to attend our trainings have you been fortunate to get some partnerships and collaborations as you seek funding well we have not yielded much from our partnerships why? Uh, just because uh, by the time we got them, we ha- we just entered COVID. Okay. And one of them, we have Unly Foundation. Uh, it does uh, the agro business training. Could you Un- Un- it is called Unilink Foundation. Okay. Uh, then we we also had a partnership with Africa Agro Business Academy. Okay. Uh, we had also another care, another partnership with the Kauai Research and Social Center KRC. Hmm. But uh, all these people, and then we had another one for Carly Tours and Travel Limited. Yes. Yeah, this one it is more in agrotourism. I see. But uh, I must, we are still on the table. We are still discussing on how best we can help each other. Like I told you, we have not yielded much from these strategic partnerships because by the time we sent the memorandum of understanding, it was it was it was during COVID. But also. 
uh, uh, we have also had some other uh, partnership with the schools like for example yes. i had a i had a partnership with chambogo college chambogo senior chambogo college i think you know it's around chambogo there yes i had another partnership with impang ssd in fortpoto tourism city Yes. And those those schools we had uh, agreed actually before COVID came we had agreed to start training them on urban farming. Mm. So of course COVID it really affected us. They told you we have not yielded much from our partnership. But I believe when we normalize and we learn how to adopt living with COVID, um, the, the experience I have in making strategic partnership, I know those partnerships are going to help us very much if at all the world normalizes and we have. Yes. Um, we have a good working environment they will help us because they have some good skills in strategic partnership great wilson i have my fingers crossed for you i pray the opportunities for funding and partnerships present themselves soon wilson are you part of any key organizations within the agricultural sector i am curious to know your thoughts on the policies and extension services in uganda oh yes like one of the things i'm so passionate about is extension and that's the reason why i joined the uganda forum for agriculture extension and advisory services mm. and you and this uh, in acronym is called ufas yes so this ufas is a body which joins all the year stakeholders the agriculture extension stakeholders together in uganda and one of the things which we have worked up, up, upon right away we had we have been working on the professional code of conduct Mm. Which, which is already there now agriculture professionals or agriculture professional workers they have a professional code of conduct secondly we have been working uh, closely as young people to see how, how young people can also be empowered right away from the local level yes both educate both former and non-informal see that they get active in agriculture extension mm. and this and this one is ongoing actually in the next month on the 5th of november you're going to have the, the international the national extensional week whereby some of those things will be raised but my appeal was me as an individual on individual level yes i want to see that the government should recognize the private sector in giving agriculture extension mm-hmm. to, to be given i can say to be given the right hand to be given to spearhead you know the agriculture extension because the truth is the government extensional workers they have really failed because of being occupied in their offices and also the the, the money they are being given they are it's not enough yes. so they have, not, they have not yielded much in giving the quality and affordable extension extension services mm. so for that matter for me i'm working very closely to see that the government recognize the private extension workers as the people who are going to drive this agriculture economy in this country any business expansion plans you're working on number one mm. i wrote the alpha agro input that one is going to be a, a, a it, I called it. It is. It is. It is one domain, and that domain we looked at uh, in the future to start importing agro inputs from other countries like China, from Germany, to bring them in this country. Okay. Number two, we are looking at uh, starting with the uh, what we call the local agro inputs, at least in every region of this country, to have at least one shop of alpha agro, alpha agro start and also an office okay. to run our activities. Mm-hmm. Then secondly. We thirdly. plan to have. Uh, thirdly, mm-hmm. we we plan to scale up our our knowledge toward East Africa, East okay. Africa, mm. uh, to cover some parts of East Africa. But also, my major major thing is to create ten thousand jobs in the year twenty sixty. Wow. For, 
for, for through agribusiness because I realized that it is the only thing in agribusiness whereby all professionals can find their way into the agribusiness value chain. Mm. For example, one of the things I have we have as as a team we are, we want to we want to have a land whereby we can bring all these people who feel like they don't have jobs, the accountants, the engineers, like everybody in the agriculture value chain. If, for example, we are producing, let's say, we are following the maize value chain right away from production up to marketing. Yes. There, are very, there are very many young people there, whether they are doctors, whether they are veterinary, whether they are accountants, they can find their way into that value chain. Yes. So we are thinking that yeah, uh, with Alpha Start, we shall be able to create a lot of employment across the sectors, not just only agriculture, but across all the sectors. Mm. Wilson, we have come to the end of our interview. Any advice for the young people? For me, for me, what I can say that uh, when you go back in the Europe right now, farmers are the highly respected people. Okay. And that thing, and that thing is not going to take so many years even in Uganda here. Even we have started feeling the smell of that farmers are going to be highly respected in the next 10 years. Mm. So for me, the advice I give to these young people is that they must first of all invest in human capital. They must first of all understand the agriculture value chain before they do anything. Mm-hmm. And failure to do that, they have no future in the agriculture. Thank you. Secondly, very much. okay. Secondly, young people must find their niche or must find what they love, what they are passionate to invest into, to invest into in the agriculture value chain. They should not do anything but they should find passion and find a niche in exactly what they're going to invest in. Yes. There they will be successful. But if they're just looking for, for bandwagon effect, that I'm seeing somebody growing maize, let me also go and grow maize. We'll keep making losses. And thirdly, they must consult experts. Nobody is an expert in everything. They must look for people who have knowledge, exactly, especially for us extensional workers, yes. to, give them, to give them the knowledge which will help them to be successful in what they're going to engage in any enterprise across the agriculture value chain. Thank you so much, Wilson. Your work gives me so much hope that all hope is not lost. Young people will revitalize our agricultural sector. Thank you and have a great evening. And from the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Work Strategy in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanowin. 